Thanks for tuning into this Geosaurus Unleashed conversation, where each month our community of T-Rexers discuss a variety of topics, all revolving around the geospatial sector. For those of you that are brand new to our channel, T-Rex is a technology innovation and entrepreneur development center in downtown St. Louis. Earlier this year in 2020, within our gigantic eight-story facility, we opened the nation's first dedicated geospatial innovation center on our fourth floor. It's 16,000 square feet of beautifully designed collaborative learning space, a geotech incubator for geospatial startups, a resource lab, all sorts of cool little quiet work environments, attracting industry partners of all sizes like Bayer, Esri, Reinventing Geospatial Inc., Deloitte, Geodata IT, and so many more. To learn more about what all we do at T-Rex to support tech startups and innovation, visit downtowntrex.org and be sure to click subscribe here to stay up to date on all things T-Rex. Of course, like, comment, share, reach out to us. Uh, let us know that you want to help be a part of our shared mission to build up the St. Louis region through technology innovation. With that, I'll hand it over to Mark for this evening's virtual programming. Thanks everyone. Thanks for uh, showing up again this month. Um, again, for those of you, this is your first time attending these events. Um, these are, we do these once a month uh, informally. They're usually uh, happy hour format um, at T-Rex, but we've gone virtual since um, uh, I guess since April, um, but um, th these are our attempts to bring together the geospatial community in this region, uh, share different topics and themes, and uh, uh, in this case, have a have a topic um, from one of our own at, at T-Rex. So this month, we are, the theme is is something that's near and dear to all of our hearts, which is uh, workforce development. And what what is key about what we'll discuss tonight is. Uh, I, I would say it's um, uh, non-traditional in the way that we're bringing people into the geospatial talent pipeline. So uh, we're, we're very fortunate to have someone who, who's on the front lines um, of such an effort, uh, Zakita Armstrong. Zakita is the president of Bay Global Data Logistics and chair of the American uh, Youth and Business Alliance. And so they are the only organization in the region operating um, a workforce-based training that awards uh, GeoInt Tradecraft um, workforce training and credentials to, to youth um, who have the need to earn while they learn. Mm -hmm. So um, as uh, typical of our, um, our format, I'll, I'll ask, I have a few questions teed up for um, Zakita and then we'll open up the floor. So Zakita, welcome to Geosource Unleashed. We're, uh, we're so excited to have you on board tonight. Thank you, I'm excited to be here. For those of, of us that aren't aware of Gateway Global and Gateway Logistics, um, tell us a little bit more about your organizations. Yeah, of course. So uh, Gateway Global Data Logistics um, is, oh, I'll start with American Youth and Business Alliance. So Gateway Global American Youth and Business Alliance is essentially um, a nonprofit workforce education organization that we launched in 2018. Um, and Gateway Global Data Logistics is the for-profit um, diversity certified as MBE, WBE firm 
um, that we uh, subsequently launched so that we could create jobs for young people who were being trained and cred credentialed um, coming through our geospatial specialist program. Good. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so, um, so what 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 was the driver? What was the passion behind um, you starting these organizations? Um, opportunity uh, for young people. So after I learned of the announcement of the new NGA West um, being built in North St. Louis uh, City, I saw a tremendous opportunity for young people to um, get uh, skilled and credentialed and then follow an academic and career pathway that could lead them into jobs of the future, whether they be with NGA or with one of their contractors or some other company that um, is affiliated indirectly. It really was about the opportunity um, for young people. Um, as I said, American Youth and Business Alliances was started as a nonprofit. So um, that organization was really built around this idea that we wanted to create um, a world-class program that had a rigorous curriculum that we could offer credentials that would be accepted in industry and potentially in high school and as college credit, hopefully later. Um, so uh, that was the, the spark for that. We wanted to be able to meet young people where they were and offer them something that we know that they needed. And, you know, to be quite honest, really to just to expose them to all of this. You have people um, who live very closely to all of that activity and they are oblivious as to what any of it means. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is a really important um, initiative and it ties right into. Um, you know, what, what uh, Andy and the group has put together for Geofort Futures, uh, being inclusive and being, um, you know, getting uh, di different types of, and, and some diversity into the, um, the, uh, the talent pipeline. So mm -hmm. I'm re really, really excited about this. And I know you've, um, me and you have been talking a lot lately, mm -hmm. um, but um, for the group, um, talk a little bit about the, the demographics of this first cohort. Uh, what it looks like now and what you think it'll look like this time next year. So, you know, we have, um, and I've said this to you before, Mark, we have an all hands on deck approach because what we know is that 67% of Americans don't have college degrees. We're trying to reach um, young people within that 67% <laughs> and pull them over to the side where they are pursuing um, uh, academic pathways um, into lucrative careers and opportunities. So, um, you know, it, the demographics uh, vary, and this particular, this first cohort um, was in another part of the state, and, we, and, and everybody who's talked to me knows that um, we are very excited that we've been able to reach across the state. And so we are focused on black and brown urban um, that are poor, and then also black and white poor in rural communities. Um, and so for this particular cohort that trained over the summer, they were 90% um, white poor, 10% um, black poor, all from Southeast Missouri. Um, what we expect is going forward with the other partners that we have right now is that probably 99% of the students in each cohort will be African-American and in particular from the St. Louis region. All right, so, mm -hmm. so um, what, what ages, um... Are, we, are you particularly focusing? Six, well, right now, 16 to 19. Eventually, we will serve up to age 24, but we're very focused on starting grabbing them while they're in high school and then, again, offering supportive services so that we can help them um, post-secondary. Right. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Um, 
So, um, as you said, or as we talked about, certainly that this first cohort that's coming through, getting ready, uh, or maybe they they've have they graduated this week? No, they finished. Um, we were so excited. I had a meeting about this earlier. So they they finally completed um, last Friday on the fourth, and so their graduation ceremony will be um, September twenty fourth. Oh, great! Mm -hmm. So um, so tell us what what skills these students uh, will have and what types of work. Uh, in the geospatial industry that they can jump right into? So right now we are um, working very closely with uh, USGIF and um, really in the process of becoming the very first non-university to be accredited um, with the GEOINT certification. Um, and we're working on stackable credentials um, in particular. So what we, we're offering now is um, geographic information systems and young people are using the ESRI um, ARC Pro to learn um, GIS. Um, we are also um, training them in uh, GEOINT that has been approved, the curriculum and modules that have been approved and designed um, with the help of USGIF or specifically by uh, K through 12, the K through 12 subcommittee of USGIF. Um, and then later we're planning to add remote sensing and imagery. So they would have essentially three stackable credentials. And what that would do is put them in a position where they would qualify to be um, either a geospatial specialist or a geospatial technician. Um, I've seen the two terms used interchangeably in different job descriptions, um, but that's how they would qualify. They would essentially receive um, the same skills, capabilities and training that a person really coming out of a four-year degree program would receive once they came into an entry-level job anyway. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And um, so just, I, I guess, just for the group, um, Zakita and I have been talking extensively. I don't, I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a number of companies that have unclassified work in the geospatial industry um, that don't really require four-year degrees to, to, to fill those positions. Mm -hmm. So we're... Um, we're working on connecting uh, these students with those companies um, so that they can enter uh, right into the workforce. And then several of those leads look very promising and, and mm -hmm. we hope we have good things to uh, announce in the near future. Yeah, I expect that we'll be announcing them pretty soon um, just because a lot of uh, the conversations that have happened since you and I have been on those calls. Um, and in particular, um, so one thing that I really want to mention too um, is that there seems to be a lot more interest leaning towards the subcontracting out the work side versus, because it put, takes a lot of the risk off of the corporation. And so, um, you know, all of the administrative duties and the mentoring and supportive services would all fall on us. Um, so corporations are finding that more attractive just because, you know, we're qualified to do it. We have two geospatial analysts on staff already um, who are fully capable of leading projects. And I'm actually interviewing a couple of more. So um, while we run that nonprofit organization that is uh, recruiting and training, um, we also are really running a full functioning um, firm that is capable of doing work. That's uh, so exciting to see these young, uh, these young students enter, enter the workforce. And I'm sure you're getting the similar reaction from them, right? So mm -hmm. having the possibility of, of entering right into this geospatial pipeline that, that everybody's been talking about for so long. Yeah, they are excited, Mark. Um, we, th th so for example, the cohort that we have right now, um, none of them knew any, they didn't even know the word geospatial. <laughs> and I think we had like one young person who had heard of GIS because um, he, he graduated 
last semester and then he's like a freshman um, in college. Um, and he heard of GIS, I think, from his college. Uh, but we have young people who have completed a training that are super excited about a pathway um, that they didn't even know existed before. Essentially, their entire minds and their frame of thought have been transformed. That's the first thing. The second thing is that now that they've completed the training, they're fully capable of actually producing um, <laughs> maps and doing some basic um, analysis on data. So they, they have real skills and they worked really hard. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's so exciting. Yeah. Um, so uh, obviously we've all been hit um, since, since March of this pandemic. Um, and I know, that, of course, that's an, that's an impact to you. But what do you think the biggest challenges are uh, for you um, in your organization face, facing in the future? Uh, the biggest challenges, I would have to say probably um, getting more employer partners on board um, and then scalability. So making sure that um, we can scale not just across the region, but also across the state. Um, like I said earlier, we have an all hands on deck approach. And so for us, this is about um, really looking at the big picture and making sure that we are contributing, um, not just to our region, but to the country by providing a, a viable and credible workforce um, that's fully capable, that really just needs awareness and some support along the way. So. Yeah, I think our just those are our biggest challenges, really, and we're trying our best to work through them. But getting this <clears throat> kind of influencing the culture of uh, corporations, especially large ones, is going to be a big challenge because you do, you know, we run into that. Uh, well, we've always required them to have degrees, and yet at the same time, they would say, you know, I've heard a CEO say we get people that come in from you know four-year degree programs and they still have no idea how to do this stuff. We have to train them anyway. So, it, you know, by taking on our students, um, you really are getting a fully developed pipeline. And by the time they finish a two-year degree or a four-year degree, um, and they've been working on this type of work all of this time as an entry-level role or internship or apprentice, um, by the time they finish, they're like fully seasoned employees. Right. You know, they can go right to um, having more responsibility and, and to higher pay, which is good for everybody. Right. And, and you mentioned in a previous conversation with me um, that you, be, beyond just the GIS and the geospatial training, you, you uh, mentor them or train them in workforce skills because a lot of these students have never worked in a, in a you know, professional workforce environment. Is that correct? Yeah. So the training is 12 weeks. Um, and starting at week six, uh, in addition to the GIS um, curriculum and the GEOINT curriculum, we also start to add at week six um, workforce uh, like soft skill training. So, and usually they have like live um, sessions with the instructor um, Monday through Thursday. And then we have like certain hours that we ask them to study. They have all kinds of uh, activities and, and work to do. But on Fridays, um, when they're not having a live course, we, we post on Friday and ask them to study that soft skill material. So it can be anything from, you know, how do you navigate HR to um, communication skills, um, how to interview, uh, and then really important things, especially in this industry, like watching what you post on social media and what you do on social media. And then also, um, 
you know, doing everything that you can to try, I guess, to try, try to keep your nose clean, you know, as much as you can in case you want to get a security clearance or something like that. Um, so those are the kinds of things that they learn about from us because we wanted to be very specific. We did have, so at the very end of our, um, the, the, the last week where the projects were due, um, they had to actually produce, show, demonstrate that they could produce maps and data layers and um, they did big projects. And so some executives from NGA actually set in on those projects and um, they were expressing the interest in, by they, I mean maybe half of them, expressing the interest in, in possibly uh, securing uh, or getting a security clearance in the future. Um, it's something that they had never, they, again, they didn't even know that that was a thing <laughs> until they started taking you know, this course. So there's so many things that young people are learning um, just from this 12 weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I can relate to that. I'm really glad that they didn't have social media back when I was uh, coming up <laughs> through high school and college. Yeah. Uh, um, hey, you, you mentioned a little bit about, um, you know, in having industry partners and um, you know, having people step up. But what can the people do that are listening tonight? Um, what can they do to better support um, the, the initiative that you're putting mm -hmm. together and your organization? Mm -hmm. So one of the first thing um, I guess would be to um, open up or at least be open to opening up um, some entry level roles as for geospatial specialists or technicians that um, require more of exposure and some experience rather than de the degree and then allow for them to, um, you know, help them out, cultivate your, ta your talent pipeline. If you understand the demographic that we're dealing with, like I said, whether they're black and brown and urban or black, white, poor and rural, um, they need help as it relates to post-secondary um, um, uh, planning. So if you offer them you know, to pay for their college or reimburse for college while they work for you in these entry-level roles, that's one way um, working with us to do that. The second one, of course, is offering the subcontract subcontracting opportunities to us. That way we take all of the risk off of you. And then on top of that, you get diversity credit, um, uh, diversity spend credit, I should say, um, in your corporation. And then the third way would be to sponsor cohorts and like actually become a real functioning <clears throat> member of the Alliance by sponsoring the, you know, the cohorts as we train them. Um, because it costs money to train them and it costs money for our instructor. I'm going to give a shout out to him. His name is Trey Hall. He's from, he's actually a PhD candidate at um, SLU. We have an amazing instructor. Um, and so, you know, we have to pay people to work. And so um, sponsoring those, uh, those cohorts are actually a way that you can help as well. Yeah, that's great. And, yeah. and of course, you know, we made the offer when we've talked many times, I would really like for them uh, to be integrated in the, um, the, the T-Rex community and yeah. the innovation community as a whole, whether it's T-Rex or, or Cortex or other, we, we, I mean, to get that one-on-one um, -on -one mentoring and, and have exposure to the companies and the technologies um, that, that are resident in, in, in those facilities, I think are really important for them um, to continue to grow. So I agree. We look and forward to And I think to, they'd be excited. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, they'd be excited absolutely. to be there. Yeah. yeah. Super. And um, uh, so uh, the last question that I have is the one that, um, you know, of course, we don't let any of our guests get off the hook with um, <laughs> finding out without finding out a little bit more about you and what you do when you're not supporting 
um, these wonderful initiatives that you have in place? So I'm, uh, when I'm not working, I'm parenting. <laughs> I'm a mother and I have two of my youngest daughters who are still at home. They are 13 and seven. And so most of my time is really spent, especially over these last few months with COVID, my goodness. Um, so most of my time has been spent um, with them um, and just, you know, being a mom. So mostly work in being a mom, to be honest, that's pretty much what it boils down to. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember those days. Not the, not yeah. the being the mom part, but the, yeah. <laughs> the reacting to what the kids have going on, but empty nesters now. So mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so um, uh, I, we do have a couple questions. Um, okay. Uh, BJ, I don't know if you, you're able to um, scroll back and uh, I'll just uh, read them off. We had a um, Tom Van Cleve was asking uh, how many cohorts take place uh, at any one given time. So we can have up to right now only two, uh, just because we don't want to overwhelm the instructor. So we have one lead instructor, um, Trey Hall, which I mentioned, and then a backup instructor as well. So only two at a time. We have a minimum of 10 per cohort and a maximum of 20, again, um, so that we don't overwhelm. And I know uh, a lot of people have told me that 20 sounds like a lot. And we thought so at first, too. But in that very first um, summer cohort that just passed, we had initially 15 that enrolled. And then after the second week, there were 14 um, completely enrolled um, in the entire program. So that's pretty close to 20. Yeah, we had another from uh, from Dick Fleming, a friend here. Uh, asking, Hi, Dick. <laughs> hey, Dick. Um, he was asking. Uh, well, first says congrats on the current initiative. I couldn't. Uh, I <laughs> uh, hey, Dick. Do you want to just uh, take your question? <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Um, looking to the future, do you have any plans for a classified track with USGIF and NGA? I know you talked a little bit about NGA already. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, looking to the future, the answer is yes. We just want to really get there, you know, get them a foot in the door, so to speak. Uh, we have, so for example, um, like I said, our, our next uh, cohort is coming from Kip High School, which is just a few blocks from the NGA site. And then after that, we're scheduled to have a cohort with um, mostly young men. I've been trying to push to get some young women in this cohort, mostly young men in high school um, with the Urban League of St. Louis. Um, and so, you know, um, we have to make sure that we're doing everything to guide them so that they can stay on a path where they can get security clearance. Um, because again, with this demographic, it's, it's a little bit challenging because some of them have been in trouble, you know, to be honest. And I don't know how much that's gonna, it's gonna matter that they were in trouble at 16 and 17 by the time they get to be 25, depending on what they did. <laughs> so yeah, so in the future, we, are, we have plans for that, but we're just trying to really get them, again, raise the awareness, get them interested, show them what the big picture is and present the opportunity um, so that they have something to look forward to, something to aspire to. More than Someone anything. that you might talk to that I think you're familiar uh, with in the healthcare world, Dr. David Lenahan has had some remarkable experience with taking kids initially in Harlem and, mm -hmm. uh, and now in Puerto Rico and soon in St. Louis, mm -hmm. many of whom have started out on the wrong track but had great STEM capacity. Yeah. And uh, he's figured out a way to 
turn them into doctors. So yeah. uh, that would be a good model perhaps to uh, emulate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's important that we all uh, understand that just because someone has been in trouble or because um, you know they don't have a great family structure or enough money to go to college, um, that they can't be successful. They just really need opportunities to be presented. Um, and they need to understand what those opportunities are. Um, I've told lots of kids, even in our last cohort, that you know what we are doing is helping them to understand um, the rules of the game and how to play it so that they can be successful, regardless of what part of this, whether they're in the city or coming from the sticks, whatever it is. Because um, these kids just don't understand. Like I said, they didn't even know that this was a word. Um, and I'm sure, you know, we surveyed 252 kids, uh, high school students in the St. Louis Promise Zone. And I think it's like it's 56% of them um, actually said that they would pursue STEM-based careers, um, academic pathways and career pathways, if they actually knew what the big picture was. So when, when, you, when we look at that, the data that we collected and analyzed and realized that there's, there's really not a lack of talent. There's just a lack of like opportunity and awareness and cultivation of that talent. And so that's what we're trying to do. Are, are doing, I should say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I would offer, and I don't, you know, don't want to be dramatic about this, but for Andy and Tony Weish and the other others out there that, that have a voice in the community, these are the things that we should be screaming from the mountaintops, right? I mean, this is exactly what, everyone's concern was about when NGA built their new campus here that that people would be would be pushed out of those neighborhoods and um, you know that they wouldn't be inclusive within this geospatial ecosystem mm -hmm. and here's an example where we have an opportunity and I mean real opportunities right now to start placing students with geospatial companies and making them a part of the talent pipeline so we should be screaming that to everybody who, who can hear it because I mean this is an example of of what we said we were going to do and now mm -hmm. we're doing it yeah yeah that's true and and they get in, they're interested like once they so we have a presentation um I'm actually giving it tomorrow to the Missouri GIS Council I think they're called but anyway um so the, we have a presentation that we give and it's very defense heavy um only because like I said all the excitement is around NGA um, and so we want to make it meaningful to the kids. But by the time we finish showing them, you know, what the big picture is, you know, how all of this, because what they really want to know is not so much as they can learn how to push buttons and get a high salary, but what does all this mean? You know, that's, that's, what they, that's what they want to know. What does all this mean? And so what we've been able to do is to blend kind of really the social sciences, the social science aspect with the hard science and say, well, if you um, learn, have this skill, you can get into work that involves, you know, maybe international relations or foreign policy or human trafficking, um, things that excite them that they pay attention to, right? It's not just here, we're going to teach you how to use ESRI, push some buttons, and you can get a $50,000 salary eventually, which is what they're used to hearing. Um, and because they're getting the big picture and getting all the details of, of why this work is so meaningful, um, they get interested. I think it's just grabbing their interest is uh, just really a big deal. Yeah, because yeah. they don't—they really, truly do not know what in, what any of this is about. They just see like this 
giant thing that's going up and happening <laughs> in the neighborhood and people talking about it in the news. But for them, it's like a total disconnect until someone comes in and shows them exactly what the meaning is. And then once they find out the meaning, here's <clears throat> what the opportunity looks like in, term, in terms of um, a career pathway and earning potential and things of that nature. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I think we have a, we do have a, a question or a, actually a comment uh, question from Andy. Um, you know, Andy. what do you need? What do you need to do to scale up the, the Gateway Global model uh, to be available to more schools here? And what can we, the community, do to help support Gateway Global? Oh, that's a great question. So um, for us to be able to scale it up for the schools here, what we really need is um, help reaching out to the schools and marketing to them besides just me and like the couple of other people that are helping me. Um, so that's one thing. Um, and then um, so we have, you know, like I said, the potential to have two cohorts now. But if we had um, another highly uh, lead uh, uh, instructor who's as qualified as Trey is, that would help because then we could open up more cohorts. Um, so things like that. So being able to, again, it goes back to being able to scale, um, making sure that we reach enough students and have uh, a really high quality world-class instructor to be able to teach them. Because uh, we want to, we really want to make sure that what we're delivering is a world-class program. It has tons of, you know, integrity and that they are being taught by the best. So when they go out into the world, nobody can say that, you know, they're doing the minimum, that we want them to be able to say, these kids are really doing, you know, rock star work. Um, so I hope I, I answered your question. You sure <laughs> did. And, you know, okay. You okay. So, all right, we do, oh, we do and have Sorry, sorry, Mark. And also um, sponsoring the um, uh, cohorts would also be a great help because we run into um, issues with that quite a bit because again, it costs money to train people and to pay instructors, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the good news is um, we have a couple people here that are, um, that have uh, signed up to help. It looks like Bronwyn. You, uh, Bronwyn. our good friend Bronwyn, looks okay. like she can help and, and our friends at, at Siler said they'd be interested uh, in, in supporting as well. Oh, great. Awesome. I appreciate that. I'll, um, yeah, I'll put my info in the, in the chat um, so you guys can reach out. I sent you a Thank LinkedIn. You. Oh, you did? <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. Thank you. BJ, do you want to open up the mics for any uh, any other comments that people may have? Or mics are open. If you guys want to uh, to jump in with any more questions, I think Kathleen just dropped one, and uh, mm -hmm. like George, uh, who tuned in a little late here, has one also. I think uh, I'll make sure George has mic set up. Uh, Kathleen, do you want to jump in? I was just wondering, Vikita, can hey, you Kathleen. share what the cost would be for uh, to sponsor a cohort? Yeah, so um, to sponsor a full cohort of about 12, it's about $31,000. It's $3,150 per student um, per cohort. So um, we also are accepting partial sponsorships, to be honest. Um, so if that's an option for some folks, then you know we'll talk about that as well. But that would be the total cost for a full cohort. 
Cool. And then that would allow like public schools, for example. Um, so let's take SLPS, um, for example. We've had a lot of issue navigating them, mostly because of costs. So for schools like that, that really don't have a budget, but they want to participate, it would be a tremendous help. Mm -hmm. And Zakita, you're doing all of this, um, this training right now uh, remotely through virtual mechanisms. When mm -hmm. we get back to to normalcy or whatever that looks like. Of course, um, the Geospatial Innovation Center, we, we'd love to have you uh, use our academic classrooms down okay. there for, uh, for that uh, on-site instruction. And, yeah. you know, that would also give them access to mentoring and, um, you know, the, the, the industry partners that we have there as well, so. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, I'd love that, Mark. I think that would be, I just think they'd be so excited just to be there with the energy. Um, of that space. I think that's really important. I think a lot of us are missing out on being in spaces with people where we can like feel the energy <laughs> of just being together. So um, yeah, I think they'd love that. I appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I've got a couple more questions here from the audience. Uh, George is asking, uh, is there an age limit of becoming a student? Uh, um, so again, we're focused on ages 16 to 19 right now, but we service up to 24. So I, I would say as long as they're 16 years old, because we need to. So, okay, let me back up. So we have a USDOL registered um, geospatial specialist apprenticeship. Uh, it's a youth apprenticeship. Um, and so that basically means that according to the laws, labor laws, <laughs> they can't be younger than 16 um, for us to train them and employ them. Does that answer? Yeah. Okay. And last one that uh, that popped in here uh, is Bob is asking uh, how, a good question. How did your, I shouldn't say good, everyone's got good questions. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> Bob, Bob's asking, uh, how did your initial cohort find out about your program? You know what's interesting, Bob? Um, so in Southeast Missouri, they have formed a, a GEOINT coalition um, so that uh, there can be young people trained from several different counties, which is like Cape Girardeau, um, uh, not sorry, not counties, but towns. So Cape Girardeau, um, Scott City, Sykeston, and forgive me, I can't remember the other one. Uh, oh, Jackson, Jackson, Missouri. Um, and so they have a coalition there because they're watching all of the activity here. And that's how they basically found out. The, the other thing that I want to add is that about a month ago, I was on a call with a Department of Workforce Deve Department of Higher Education and Workforce Development is a partner of ours now too, um, because we have that USDOL apprenticeship. And um, they had set up a call for us and several directors from uh, like workforce centers for young high school students across the state. Um, and we actually have had interest from not just Southeast Missouri, but Central Missouri, Northeast Missouri, and I don't know anything about Northeast Missouri, um, but all, I think Hannibal is in Northeast Missouri, but anyway, so all of these different parts of the state where um, I guess the, uh, maybe the adults are watching the activity that's going on here and have interest in sort of pipelining their young people into um, either the university or into the workforce. The rest of the state is watching, let me tell you. Okay, and any yeah. other questions or comments um, for Zakita? 
Well, Zakita, I can't thank you enough for um, <laughs> for all all that you're doing for the young yeah. people in this geospatial pipeline. Um, I encourage everybody who's on board, um, if you can participate, if you can employ um, these students or bring them on as internships, please do so. If you're a voice in this community, get out and <clears throat> and share the good news uh, with the community of how we're uh, bringing people into this uh, geospatial talent pipeline in a in a, what I would term a non-traditional uh, way and being inclusive, um, you know, across uh, across the demographics. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think that's really a really really important message to be sending to to people because I know it was a it was uh, very much a concern moving forward, and it's certainly something that's uh, it, it's embedded in the GeoFutures report as mm -hmm. part of our strategic roadmap moving forward. So mm -hmm. um, get the get the message out there, Zakita. Keep doing the fantastic work that you're doing. Yeah, thank you. And we look forward to, to partnering in the future. Yeah, I look forward to it too. Thank you so okay. much. Yeah, um, I, I do have a couple uh, public service announcements. Um, next week or next month's uh, Geosaurus Unleashed is probably going to slip um, a week because um, I'm marrying off my daughter. So um, Aww, congratulations! Is, yeah, thanks. So um, she is uh, she's getting married, and then we're me and my wife are taking um, a week off. So um, we'll probably slip a week. So that'll fall a week before Geo Resolution. Um, the, that's coming up that um, of course is high on everybody's agenda um, for the end of October. And I believe that's still going to be a virtual event. So um, that's all I have until next month. Uh, I think my chicken wings are ready. So I'll let everybody go. Thanks again. Oh, Out here. Thanks, Mark. Have a good night, everybody. All right. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Mark. Okay. Thanks. Yep. Bye. So, thanks.